be appreciative of this time and like don't put too much pressure on yourself mm-hmm. if you're not where you want to be in the, in life and in this business. Welcome to On the Cusp of Something Beautiful, where we discuss a range of topics centered around art, creativity, mental health and wellness, and my favorite thing to talk about, listening to our intuitive guidance. I'm your host, Amikale Imani, and this podcast is simply a guide to welcome you back to your truest self. Each episode, I get radically honest on how I navigate being an intuitive creator, the struggles, the wins, the lessons, and of course, the intuitive hits. My hope is that you hear something today that reminds you of who you are and why your gifts, whatever they may be, are valuable and important to be shared with the world. So welcome home, friend. I hope you're ready to meet your highest, most beautiful, and rarest self. Hello, beautiful beings. Welcome back to another episode. Um, Happy full moon. Happy late full moon, I guess I should say. Yesterday we had a full moon, lunar eclipse in Sagittarius, which I am still figuring out what that means for me and my chart and my sign and all that goodness. Um, I know overall eclipses are known for like nixing or taking things out of your life that are no longer serving you. And so, yeah, to be honest, I'm still very curious as to how that has showed up for me this week or is showing up for me this week, I should say. Um, although I am in in a bit of a middle space, I definitely feel like I'm in limbo. So I decided to postpone my move to New Mexico. Um, it was super, super last minute. Like literally, um, I called Delta like midnight <laughs> to change my flight just to push it back a couple of weeks. Um, and luckily, I was able to do so. It took me, I was on hold for five hours, but I, I was like, listen, I got to change this flight. I can't, I can't, I can't just miss it because then I, you know, I completely lose my ticket. But luckily, I was able to just push it back. No, no extra fee, nothing. So that was God. I took it, definitely took that as a sign. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, we also have this Mercury retrograde coming up in a couple of days. And I, so... I'm not sure exactly when Mercury hit its shadow phase, but it is in shadow. And so I think Mercury hitting its shadow phase definitely brought some things to light for me. Um, And I could have chosen to ignore those things or I could have listened. So I decided to listen and take a step back. Um, It was just a lot of things that were just kind of like, essentially just falling apart like last minute like super last minute um and I was just like okay I can either bulldoze my way through this um and just figure it out as I go right or I can just wait and be patient and and do what's going to bring me the most like sense of peace you know and so that's that's what I chose I chose um peace you know and so that's where I am just staying very present trusting my guidance trusting my peace I think that's really the main just anytime we're making really big choices or it's anything that's bringing you imbalance period like what's going to bring you back to your peace you know And, and sometimes that answer isn't always the most like feel good answer for us especially for ego you know sometimes we we can want something so bad we're willing to forsake our peace to have it. And I just had to be real honest with myself. Like, that's just not how I want to manifest. 
I don't want uh to manifest things out of like rushing or or I don't know just like it not feeling good you know um I want to manifest out of love and confidence and security and so having to humble ego Avi isn't always the most comfortable thing to do but what I've learned is that you know throughout our journey we're all there's there's always going to be some sort of discomfort in our growth and and in our journey but we get to choose the kind of discomfort we want to experience and it can be a very painful discomfort or it can be you know just shedding outdated old ways old egoic ways of being and I'm just starting to realize more and more that the latter typically comes with the most reward you know really being able to like overcome those things that that would feel good like in that moment just like as far as like I guess like an instant gratification kind of thing like oh yes like I said I was gonna do it and I did it but then like just completely negating or overlooking I should say just like the reality of the situation and and just beyond that present moment you know which can be very tricky right when you're like I'm saying I'm staying present I'm staying in the moment but at the same time you also have to be practical um and once you get past that present moment like what do those next few steps look like for you you know what is truly the reality of that situation and um so yeah just those next few steps were just kind of a little shaky um, because again, like I said earlier, things were just like, just like things that were in place just was falling apart. Sorry. I, uh, had my computer on. Um, so anyway, so that's just where I am and, um, trust in my peace, trust in my guidance, you know, so we're going to do the damn thing and see what happens. All right. Um, so yes, I am going to just leave that there. That's where I am. A little catch up, a little tidbit. Now let's go ahead and jump into today's episode. I interviewed a good friend of mine, Ashley McDaniel. Uh, Ashley and I went to college together and she's going to tell you a bit of her journey or a bit about her journey, I should say, um, in this episode. So we talk about the lessons that she's learned while working in fashion. That's how we met, uh, through the fashion program at our college. And then we also talk about her mental health journey, um, and you'll hear in the episode, Ashley kind of put me on game to my mental health journey, to an aspect within my mental health journey that I was not aware had been existing for quite some time. Um, so yeah, so we, we go into that for a second, and then we also dig into what inspired her to start her own vegan-friendly nail lacquer, okay? Yes, honey, not polish lacquer okay um so you'll (laughs) listen to the interview and you'll understand why i put emphasis on that lacquer all right so i hope you all enjoy this episode with ashley mcdaniel thank you so much miss ashley mcdaniel for spending your lovely sunday evening with me i'm so excited to be able to sit down and talk to you so i'd love for you to go ahead and do a little intro tell the people who you are what you do and all that good stuff Oh, wow. So much pressure. (laughs) Well, hello, people. Um, As Mickey said, my name is Ashley. Um, I am originally from Atlanta, Georgia, but as me and Mickey just discussed, 
I am also a New Yorker, apparently. Yes, you are. Um, I've, I've lived in New York for eight years now. Um, I first came here right after college because I went to school for fashion and started working in the fashion industry right after college and have had various jobs um, through the years. And I am currently a senior sales assistant um, for a home decor company where we sell licensed cups, throws, drinkware, shot glasses, anything, you name it. And we sell in all the major retailers. So you've probably seen our products, but nobody knows our company, which is fine. <laughs> but you're welcome for your drinkware, by the way. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so every time you drink out of a cup, think of me. But no, but also on the side, um, keep my creative juices flowing um I also am launching a nail polish line um so that should be coming very very soon yes. hopefully um so that's in the works there's a lot that goes into making nail polish by the way especially when you're making it by yourself mm-hmm. in your bedroom apartment in Brooklyn <laughs> so, <laughs> so um but yeah that is about it um also I am 31 you know I yes. kind of have to remember that I'm 31 because you know the whole COVID 2020 all that was a blur so I kind of forget how old I am now so that's real but yeah um that is what I got <laughs> I love it I love it wait what's the name of your um your soon coming nail nail line oh, nail yeah, polish line that is a good question <laughs> um the name of my brand is Simone Ash um, mm, Nail Lacquer. Oh, come on, the lacquer. So, okay, we got the lacquer. Yes, yes, we're trying to be fancy. Yeah, here. I love that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's called um, Simone Ash Nail Lacquer. Um, I came up with that name because, well, my middle name is Simone mm-hmm. and um, first name's Ashley, of course. <laughs> so <laughs> I just wanted to do a play on my name and also like all my Instagram and like emails and stuff I I always have it Ashley Simone Mm -hmm. so I also feel like people think Simone's my last name but that's okay (laughs) (laughs) so you know just wanted to get creative with the names but also also make it personalized Mm -hmm. um coming from me yeah yeah putting yourself out there touch on it so yeah I love that I love that how has that process been for you so far just from this start to where you are now um it honestly it has been a slow but steady process Mm. um with this I am taking my time Mm -hmm. because this is not my first business um I previously had a business with one of my friends FYI me and my friend are still friends (laughs) (laughs) I know a lot of people go into business with friends business don't work out friends don't work out mm-hmm. but no we're still friends um there were no hard feelings or anything like that but what I learned from that first business was I think we didn't know enough to do what we were trying to do but at the same time and we were funding everything ourselves mm-hmm. um but at the same time we both realized when our heart wasn't in it anymore so mm-hmm. We were like, we're going to walk away, 
before we waste any more money. And also, I also realized like, I can't do something if my heart isn't in it and there's no passion behind it. Mm. Because, yeah, I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, and that's also difficult when you're also working with someone else because we don't feel like you want to do something and then someone else is on top of you saying, hey, girl, when are we going to get this done? Are you going to do this? You're going to do that? And you're mm-hmm. like, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Start avoiding phone calls. Like, I want to talk to you right now. Um, but yeah, no, so we didn't get to that part. Okay. Luckily, thankfully, like, we were both very open with our communication. So I had told her, I was like, hey, you know, my heart isn't really in it. Let's regroup in like six months, see how I feel. And we did that. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, she had other interests and in other things too. So we were like, let's just, you know, put this to bed. Right. It was a nice run, nice try. We still cool. I'll see you later, girl. Maybe mm-hmm. we can do something else later on down the line or like, you know, something like that. Um, so with that process, going into this new business I was like I'm doing this myself mm-hmm. also I'm passionate about what I'm doing and like it like I have more passion to it and I can really connect to it mm-hmm. and also it's something that I'm making like with my own hands and stuff. so I have a I have a better appreciation for the product and I'm on my own time frame I'm not going to rush myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not on nobody else's deadline. So I can take my time, do what I want to do and be happy with my product. And it also makes me be accountable because I have no one else to lean on to get this done but myself. Mm. So I got to do it or else it's not going to get done. Right, right. And so that has helped me stay committed to it where I'm like okay I want to do something I gotta stick to it like there's no one else pushing me to do it so like Mm -hmm. I have to hold myself accountable to get what I said done that I said I was going to get done right right so um but yeah so and it's also an interesting process like learning the different chemicals materials and all that stuff um feel like a little chemist <laughs> in my room up here mixing stuff yeah <laughs> um but it's also nice to see a finished product I'm like oh I got some nail polish mm-hmm. like and I made this myself um and then also just learning how to like okay not beat myself up in the process like I have to extend grace to myself mm. where I'm like okay I want to launch this nail line okay I want to do this and that and then like your perfectionism starts to kick in like okay I need to have this in order I need to have that in order I need to do this I need to do that Mm -hmm. and sometimes like you overthink things and then you realize well actually I don't need all that stuff just to do this one step right like I'm like start slow and then build because like I had a conversation with a friend the other day like I have a bunch of sample bottles that Mm -hmm. I have and I'm like, well, like I'm up here making my own little sticker logo, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I need private label made bottles in order for me to put this out and this and that. And I'm like, 
you know, I've been researching different bottles. Also, I'm very indecisive, so it's very hard. <laughs> it's very hard for me to pick a bottle. And I'm like, oh, I need to get a bottle. I need to get a bottle. But I'm like, and I'm looking at all this stuff. Mind you, this is my own money going into this. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm very mindful of where my money's going. And I'm like, oh, I need these private label made bottles. Da, da, da. But then I'm like, Ashley, you have all these other empty bottles at your house already. Wow. Just work on those first sell your like you know do a soft launch sell off all the small bottles first Mm. before you're investing hundreds of dollars in these other fancy bottles because if you can't even get these small bottles that you made with your Mm -hmm. labels on them out how are you gonna sell all these other bottles and that's thousands of bottles Mm. (laughs) so like I have to remind myself start small and do what you can first before you try and take on too much and then you stuck and then you sitting up here palatting in your room with thousands of bottles that and no nail so polish to that put so in them. And then you also gonna be mad because yo, know, I just spent hundreds of dollars on these bottles and mm-hmm. I can't do nothing with them. So that's where it's like extend some grace. Like you don't have to have xyz in line even though it is nice to have those things in line mm-hmm. um you don't have to have everything right and that's like moment. your future right like that like that's something yeah. you're striving for so at least now you know okay like like you said i sell off all these little small bottles first and then whatever money i have from that that can mm-hmm. go towards the nice yes private label made yes. bottles <laughs> yes I can get real fancy with it. Yeah, yeah. And that's um, something I struggle with myself. It's like, because you 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 automatically get that big picture dream or goal. And it's like, okay, let's go there first. And we, we do forget mm-hmm. to take the little small steps to build up to that that big thing, you know? And I feel like, and we've heard this all before, but it's just, it's still a constant reminder. It's like, when you have to work for something, once you get it, you appreciate it so much more. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So had you just took that big old leap and you that you probably weren't quite ready for, you, like you say, you'd been stuck with all these bottles, probably mad, resentful, mm-hmm. like, you know, all those extra emotions that come with that. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. I lo- and I love what you said in the beginning, just like starting small, taking your time. Um, but I'm curious, because I know you do, you said you're a senior, senior <laughs> sales assistant. <laughs> So how are you balancing all of this? Even though I know you're going slow, taking your time, but I'm sure there's still moments where you're just like, man, I just want to like work on my craft. I just want to work on my creativity. Um, no, that that is very true. Because, you know, six o'clock when I shut that computer down, <laughs> I'm like, whew, let me go enjoy myself this evening. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I am very lazy. <laughs> that also does not help. Um, but for me, I realized I have to work in spurts. Mm. Like I have energy creative spurts. Mm. And I take advantage of them when they come. Oh, I love that. Because I can, I can like, okay, I worked all week. Da, 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 and I'm like, oh my gosh, I did nothing for my nail polish. Nothing at all. Da, mm. da. And then sometimes I feel bad and I'm like, dang, I didn't do anything. I could have been doing this instead of watching Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> I could have been doing this instead of da da da. And like, you see all these 
entrepreneurs and stuff on Instagram and mm-hmm. all these, oh, I'm out here hustling. I'm out here doing this. Like when I stop mm-hmm. by nine to five, I'm on my other hustle. Da-da-da. I'm grinding. <laughs> I hear that. Yeah. But I also hear my laziness <laughs> and I also like to sleep. I'm a hustler, but I'm a lazy hustler. Does that exactly work? I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that out. But I will say, like I said, I get moments where I have creative energy spurts. Like I could be watching TV and I'm like, hmm, let me let me look up something. Mm. And that little bit of energy, like, will then transcend to like some type of excitement where I'm like, okay that was fun okay let me keep looking up different things let me keep doing this okay Mm -hmm. let me brainstorm so like once it gets going I have like a couple hours where like Mm -hmm. I'm processing things getting momentum and also I think my other trick to being a lazy hustler (laughs) whatever you want to call it is you got to be organized that is very key because if you're going to be lazy, you have to be organized. Because mm. if you're lazy and unorganized, it's just going to be a hot mess because you're mm. not going to get nothing done. But at least with me, like, I feel like I'm organized enough to where, like, when I have my spurts, I can jump in. I know where everything is. I have spreadsheets, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, so I take, like, my work, my nine to five work, like, that same type of organization. I implement it into my own stuff mm-hmm. as well. Um and um yeah no um I was gonna so, say what does that organization I know you I heard you say spreadsheet so I'm just curious like for you and what you're doing like what does being organized look like um so I have a little book um hold on I think I can grab oh gosh um, so I have a little book that I keep um some book I think I got this yeah so also my book keeps me keeps me motivated and got organized. you um along with Google Suite <laughs> oh yes okay but no um the reason why I also use this book because this book is special to me because when I first came to New York I'm, I know we might be getting sidetracked but no that's how my brain works mm-hmm. um when I first came to New York, um, maybe like a year or two after I came, I got a chance to go to like some talk or something. I didn't know what I was walking mm-hmm. into. But um, the speaker at the time was Vanessa Bush. Mm. And she at the time was, um, let's say she was like the editor in chief of Essence magazine. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but she was, she was up there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, when I was younger and like in college and stuff, I always said like, oh, I want to like start my own magazine and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like, look who's in my face talking mm-hmm. about, you know, working at Essence and doing all this wonderful stuff. But the thing, the thing I got the most from her speech was it's never too late to reinvent yourself and it's never too late to start a new project. Mm. She was like, I have had many failures in my life, 
but I'm doing what I want to do now. Mm-hmm. And she just talked about her journey and um, all her different passions and stuff. And she was like, sometimes, like, you know, when you do want to start over, you might have to start back over from the bottom, but it's mm-hmm. okay because eventually you're going to get where you're going. But um, with that being said, like, it kind of keeps me grounded and kind of reminds me to, like, you know, be appreciative of this time and like don't put too much pressure on yourself mm-hmm. if you're not where you want to be in the, in life and in this business mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. um but back to the notebook that's what like stuff I have written in front of the book but um I usually jot down like if I'm buying new products I jot down everything I buy. When mm. I get the receipt from my package, I put it in here. I staple okay. it. So I'm also like keeping track of, you know, how much money I'm putting into mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm. And so I know how much money I need to like, you know, like break even and all that stuff, which that stuff comes in handy because I was also a marketing major in college. Mm-hmm. Um, so know how to sell stuff and whatnot. But also... Um, I like handwriting it in my notebook mm-hmm. because it, I don't know, it just makes me feel like I'm actually doing something because I could easily just put stuff on a computer and I can close out the computer and like, I won't look at it again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when I have to write stuff down in the notebook, like I have to go past stuff that I've previously written. And so it just kind of keeps me motivated Mm, yeah I love that too because I've tried like I mean yeah like like you said Google Suites and right having a Google Doc like that works for certain things but I've definitely have noticed in myself as well like I'll create like this whole list of like something on Google on a Google Doc and then like you said I kind of forget about it whereas like I have journals for like my budget and my finances I have journals for like my business journals for my um just like creative ideas and things like that with photography and stuff and I do definitely find myself revisiting that a whole lot more than let's say a google doc unless it's something that I'm actually having to uh, like keep Mm -hmm. up to date because I'm sending it off to someone or I'm like you know what I mean like that then I'm I'm much more inclined to like keep up on it but yeah just having a google doc and then like like you said it's putting it up somewhere like yeah I will mm-hmm. forget about that yeah. so fast yeah no I mean I I love Google Docs because like I said when I get my spurts of energy or whatever I'm either on my cell phone my tablet or my computer mm-hmm. and the good thing with Google Docs I can access them through any device mm-hmm. so and that way in case something happens to my notebook or somewhere like I have it I have everything saved mm-hmm. where I can access it again mm-hmm. or like if I need to like maybe one day I'll get an assistant and I'm like hey girl here go all the recipes yes like, here's what I need you to do make up a couple batches and all that stuff but I know I'm not there yet in my journey but mm-hmm. I'm preparing myself <laughs> there you go planning for success I love that <laughs> So, yeah, I love that. And um, so just to switch gears a little bit, because this is Mental Health Awareness Month, so I definitely want to yes, touch on yes, some mental yes. health things. And I know, you know, like you, you um, you've been in therapy and I also want to bring up something because I don't even think you know this, but um, I remember over the summer that day when you and Mia had come came over, um, I think Mia had already left. And so it was just you and I talking, you were telling me about how you um, 
I don't know if you were just coming into awareness that you had anxiety or that you struggled with anxiety, but you were just kind of like breaking down to me, like what anxiety, how it looked for you and like things like mm-hmm. that. And just what you were saying resonated with me so much. Cause I did, cause that was what I was, how I mm-hmm. had been feeling what I had been going through. And I had no idea that's what it was until you literally like, Oh yeah, my therapist said this, that, and the third. And I was like, wait, I feel like that too. I experienced that. Like, wait, is that what that is? Like, I had no clue. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And so um, I had an episode, so I, I had talked about my personal mental health journey and stuff here on the, mm-hmm. on the podcast in the beginning of the month um, and just discovering like very late in my twenties that I had depression, that I had been dealing with anxiety. Like I had just, mm-hmm. had just, they just, just it was normal to me. I didn't know that that was like yeah. a thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, so literally like you sitting in my living room talking to me about your anxiety I was like oh shit do I have anxiety too <laughs> like is that what that is is that what that's been this whole time no freaking clue no clue mm-hmm. so I'd love for you to just talk about that a little bit and just even like what even led you up to even getting into therapy like what like was there an incident or was it just kind of like a feeling like what did that look like for you mm-hmm. Uh, well first off I'm glad I could have I helped you no you 100 um, yeah uh my therapy journey um it is an ongoing journey even Mm -hmm. though I'm not currently in therapy which I probably should but uh I need to find new it's okay to take a break you know sometimes let it breathe "Mm -hmm." (laughs) I'm I am in the search for a new therapist Mm -hmm. um but uh yeah so my therapy journey um it revealed a lot it revealed a lot of things that I was like suppressing from myself Mm. like I I knew I suffered from depression Mm um and what I realized I suffered from depression when I was in college Mm. and I didn't realize it until like maybe like sophomore year in college Mm. because you know on campus they had like you know counseling services mm-hmm. or whatever man looking back on it I wish I would have gone to all Girl, I wish I would have too I was so but, such a loner like that was the furthest thing from my mind but like I guess because they no one ever really goes into depth about like their I guess therapy process mm. as except for now because therapy is more common mm-hmm. so people are more open to talk about it um but yeah so for years I dealt with depression I didn't do anything about it and I was just like oh I'm gonna be okay because that's mm. why I, I always tell myself that um but I think I first started going to therapy in what year was that I think 2018 2019 okay. the years are blur I know, I know. <laughs> I'm like um uh, but yeah no I had because I've been wanting to go to therapy mm-hmm. for a while but I just didn't know how to go about it um and they were like oh I think that's also around the time where a lot of people were starting to use like therapy for black girls and all that mm. stuff and, they're like, use this directory, do mm-hmm. this and do that. I mean, yeah, everyone's like, yeah, go find a therapist. But what they don't tell you is, like, not all therapists take your insurance. 
Mm. Also, you got to figure out if your therapist does not take your insurance, how much they're charging because you mm-hmm. got to pay them. Mm-hmm. Therapy, therapy is not cheap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then like there are like not I guess like cheaper remedies where you can do like what talk space and all that stuff. Yeah. And like you could text and whatnot, but that I I know that that wasn't gonna work for me mm-hmm. because I'm a horrible texter. <laughs> like I need to sit in front of you and talk to you and tell you and give you my facial expression my Mm -hmm. hand movements I talk with my hands I'm like I need you to you know see what I'm feeling um and also like hold me accountable for my emotions Mm -hmm. um and also I think the reason why I waited so long to go to therapy is because I was young and I mean I did have a lot of stuff going on in my life mm-hmm. but I tried to just block about and I was like oh, I got other stuff to do oh, I'm gonna mm-hmm. hang out with my friends I got a lot of friends I can go do this I can go mm-hmm. do that like so as long as I wasn't thinking about things I was okay but it's when I got I would have moments of solitude and slash isolation where the thoughts got real deep. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't like feeling <laughs> like this. Mm, mm. So um, I did find a therapist um, through one of my friends. We ended up going to the same therapist. Um, and don't get me wrong. I loved my therapist. She was cool. It was a black lady. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, another black lady. Be cool. <laughs> She wasn't that much older than me, which is cool too. Okay. Um, and in the beginning, I was like, yo, it's like, it feels like I'm talking to my homegirl. Yeah. Like, and I felt very comfortable mm-hmm. in opening up with her. And she did challenge me on some things. Um, I realized that I did not know how to process my emotions. Mm. therefore I would block things out therefore which took me forever mm-hmm. <laughs> to get to therapy mm-hmm. um and we came to the understanding as like I I didn't what did I say like I I wasn't able to deal with my emotions because I didn't know how to sit still and sit in the moment or sit mm. through the process of something, therefore to feel the emotion. So when that would happen, I felt very vulnerable, very out of place. I was like, oh, this physically hurts. Mm. Like, I don't like this. So I have been avoiding my emotions for so long. So when it was time to actually like sit there and do it, I didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. But I learned that is something I have to do because I have to learn how to process my emotions in order for me to have healthier relationships with other people Mm -hmm. and like also connect with other people. So, um, but yeah, and through that, we also realized I was afraid of commitment. Mm. And at first I was like, maybe I was afraid of commitment just in like romantic relationships. Mm -hmm which that's a whole nother story but <laughs> we'll get there too <laughs> but, but I realized it wasn't only just with romantic relationships it was with everyday things in mm. my life mm. whereas 
like there were different parts where I I didn't I didn't know how or I didn't want to commit to a process of mm. something. Whereas I'd be like, okay, ooh, I want a new job. And she was like, okay, go get a new job. And I'm like, well, it's not that simple. She was like, did you say you want a new job? And I'm like, yeah. She was like, well, have you been applying for new jobs? I was like, no. She was like, did you update your resume? I was like, no. And she was like, well, it's not going to fall in your lap. And I was like, you right, girl. (laughs) She was like, like, you have to do the work. Mm. And you have to go through the process to get the outcome that you want. Right. And I was like, I'm lazy. I don't want to do work. <laughs> you know, somebody just come give me a job. And like the same thing, I was like, oh, I want a boyfriend. She was like, do you though? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, well, the people that you're like talking to, like, are you going in that space with intention? to be like you say you want a boyfriend but are you willing to do the work to mm. actually be a girlfriend to maintain a relationship like you can get mm. a relationship but are you gonna put in the work to actually maintain it and go through the process and the emotions and the ups and downs and like I just said I don't know how to process my emotions mm-hmm. so I'm not so I'm like I was not equipped for the stuff that I was asking for Wow. Nor was I willing to do the work to get what I was asking for. So I was like, oh, okay, girl, you, you've got a point. Okay. So maybe I need to, you know, mm-hmm. work on this. And at the time I was in therapy, I always use this as, an, as a good analogy now. Mm-hmm. So at the time I was in therapy, um, I also, since I'm from Atlanta, like, I go home and stuff from time to time. In Atlanta, they always do a Peachtree Road Race. Mm. And my friend, a couple of my friends, they've done it for years. And I was like, this one year, I was like, I'm going to do Peachtree Road Race. I'm going to sign up. I'm excited. And I told my therapist, I was like, yeah. I was like, so I'm running a race. And she was like, oh, are you a runner? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> she was like wait so why are you doing the race I was like because I thought it'd be fun something for me to do and she was like when's the race I was like July and at this time it's like April mm-hmm. and she was like well have you started training for the race and I was like no so she was like how are you gonna run this race you're not a runner and you have not been training and I'm like well she was like I mean you look like you're in shape and I mm-hmm. I used to play sports I played soccer for like 14, 15 years. So maybe more than that. I don't know. But I've always been some type of athletic person mm-hmm. or whatever. So I'm like, you know, I probably still got it in me. And then I didn't. But <laughs> I was like, I was like, I think I'll be okay. So the closer it got to the race, I got more anxiety. Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, like. I need to start training for this race. And every time I'd be like, okay, I'm going to start running tomorrow. I'm going to start running next weekend. <laughs> and I even downloaded an app. It was like from couch to 5K. Like, okay, I opened that app once. Did mm. not run on that app at all. And I would just keep putting it off, putting it off. Like, okay, like, in like maybe like a month, maybe like a month 
maybe at the end, yeah, so like a month before the race, um, I was like, okay, I finally got to go outside and run. Mm-hmm. There's no more excuses. Last time, I was like, I'm going to go outside and run. Like, oh, it's raining. I can't go run outside. <laughs> so I would just come up with the most excuses. And eventually, I was like, okay, the race is like 6.2 miles. I should be able to do that. And I looked up, I was like, okay, I'm going to go run it at Prospect Park. Mm -hmm. I'm like, they have the little loop around the park. I'm like, that's three point something miles. So if I can do that twice, I'll be good to go. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, Prospect Park has some hills and valleys and all that stuff. (laughs) Yes, it Um, does. So I went out there with a friend one time and we started running. And I also realized I don't like running. <laughs> oh, well, no, I take it back. I don't like jogging. I don't like okay. running slow. I'm more of a sprinter. Like I just want to get to the finish line. Be done. Mm-hmm. So as I'm like training, I'm like, oh, this is horrible. Oh my gosh, I hate this. And my goal was like to get around Prospect Park twice. Um, did I ever make it around twice? No. <laughs> but um, and even that, just not getting around twice, I like I was really like hard on myself. I'm like, oh my gosh, like this race is going to kill me. Like, I can't even like run like a mile without stopping. Like, what is happening? I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do this. Mm. And I would go to therapy and my therapist was like, Well, how's the training coming? And I'm like, girl, it sucks. And she was like, Well, what are you gonna do? You've already signed up for the race. And I was like, at this point, I was like, I don't even care about this race no more. I just <laughs> want my sister t shirt. I just want the t shirt and be done. Like I was really psyching myself out. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do about this race. Mm. And I think the weekend before I left to go to Atlanta, I went to the gym one Sunday and I hate running on treadmills and I ran on the treadmill. I just hit like the little speed or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I literally just ran. And I ran, I ran three miles straight without stopping. And I was like, oh, shoot. I was like, I didn't know I had this in me. I was like, wait, maybe I'll be okay. Mm. I'm like, I just need to do this twice. I just need to run without stopping um, twice. And like for me, I was being hard on myself where I feel like I needed to be able to run this speed, this distance without stopping. Like, it's okay to stop in the race. It is okay. I was going to say, dude, are people, okay. is that typical people are, are running it straight through or like, they're like stopping to I'm, like, I'm in, I'm in, that's what he's on the very front. <laughs> they trying to, they really trying to win stuff. I just want my t-shirt that I paid for. Um, I wasn't there yet. Um, so I was like, even the, the night before the race, I was hella nervous. Mm. I was like, I was telling my mom, I was like, I need to make sure I eat a healthy dinner. I got to go to sleep on time. Like, I literally fussed at my mom because also I'm not supposed to eat gluten. And she was like, oh, I made some pasta and I used some gluten-free pasta or whatever. So you can't have gluten. It was some nasty lentil (laughs) noodles and she fed it to me and I was so hurt. I was like, oh, this stuff is so nasty and I need to eat for this race. And I'm hungry and I can't eat super late because I need to go to bed because I got to mm-hmm. get up early and run this race. 
and I was just so hurt and she was like I'm so sorry she was like okay let's go to the store and buy you something else she was like what do you want I was like I don't know and I I felt bad after because I was being kind of cranky and mean to her (laughs) but it was my anxiety I was just like I had to have things in order Mm. like you know like go about my plan Mm -hmm. and I got to the race that morning I was like super nervous I was like oh I hope I don't have to go to the bathroom like pee during this race because what am I gonna do I'm not using a porta potty so I was like okay let me be cautious on my water drinking also I was like but at the same time I don't want to be dehydrated because it's high as hell actually it wasn't I was that was the other thing because I have asthma too and Mm -hmm. so I can't like the heat bothers my asthma like if I'm running in extreme heat like it like I'm done for so I was like nervous I was checking the weather I was like how hot is it gonna be? Like, I can't be out there having a heat stroke, like having an asthma attack. Like, mm-hmm. I came with my inhaler prepared. I was like, okay, let's do this. Um, so I get to the race that morning, and it was my turn, like my group's turn to start running. And I literally just ran. I ran, like I slowed down when I wanted to. I went at my own pace. Mm. Um, and I finished it and I went and got my Mm t-shirt and I was like, hmm, I thought I would feel a different, I thought I would feel a different way. I thought I'd be hella excited about the t-shirt. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I got my t-shirt. This is really what I came for to get my t-shirt. When I got that t-shirt, I put it in the bag. That bag, I brought it back to New York. I put that t-shirt in my closet two years ago. (laughs) Two, three years ago. That t-shirt means nothing to me. But what I did learn was going through the race. Mm. I felt... I had more feelings about completing the race than after mm-hmm. getting the t-shirt. Mm-hmm. One, I didn't realize what my own body was capable of. Two, I psyched myself out for no reason. Three, I actually had fun running at my own pace, doing my own thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it taught me you have to go through the race to get to the end. Yeah. And you will learn more about yourself through the race through the process yeah once you get your trophy or whatever Mm -hmm. so that just running that race taught me when you go through the process of something you'll get more out of the process than what you were trying to get the reward in Mm. so that has taught me to sit still in the moment and really embrace what's happening in the moment and take note of what you're learning in the moment mm-hmm. and how those moments will affect you later on in life. Absolutely. So like Absolutely. I said, in the beginning, I was all about the t-shirt, but I got more out of the race. I got more out of the race than any tangible thing. Mm. So and that's where they, they have that phrase they always, that, that we always hear, you know, it's not the destination, it's the journey. And that's literally what you had to experience. Yes. Like yes. just being Miss in the moment, being queen. present, 
doing it, things your own way at your own mm-hmm. pace. Like that's really what life is all about, right? We get so caught up in, well, that person over there is running faster than me, well, that person over there, at least I'm running faster mm-hmm. than them. It's like worried about mm-hmm. everybody else except you just stay and focus on yeah. what you're trying to do and accomplish, you know? Yeah. And I was so worried about my time and everything mm-hmm. before the race. I actually finished with a decent time. Mm. I was like, oh, check me out. <laughs> I was like, this is nice. I love that. So, yeah, like I take that journey with me. I, was saying, I what a... try to instill that in other areas yeah. of my life where I'm like, oh, I don't want to be in this process. I don't want to be in this moment. Mm-hmm. But then you're like, I just want to be out of it. But like my mom always says, like, you're in certain situations for a reason to learn yeah. something, to unlearn something, or like something of that sort. So mm-hmm. she's like, always be mindful in your situation, whether you're happy or not, be mindful. Mm. And um, that is what I have been doing. And like I said, I'm still learning how to be more still in the process of things and feeling my emotions yeah. in the moment instead of blocking them out so mm, which is kind of difficult for me it's very foreign mm. and I was telling my therapist that time I was like girl it physically hurts for me to like feel these emotions mm-hmm. and she was like why and I was like I don't know girl but I so also, you're fighting yourself I'm fighting myself well I was fighting myself and I I didn't want to feel uncomfortable. Mm. A lot of us don't want to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. But like, what's the opposite opposite of comfortable? It's uncomfortable. You'll never know you're comfortable with something until you're uncomfortable. Like you have Mm. to be uncomfortable to know that what it's like to feel like, you know, like what's right. Yeah. Which... Which, you know, I was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> so I'm curious because, you know, you said you've, you really have, had, have been having to learn how to sit in the process, be still. And, you know, this whole last year, that's all we could do was be still. <laughs> but- and even though I know you're still working, so you did have kind of have things that um, were distracting you, quote unquote, per se, right? Because you do still have mm-hmm. these, you were, you were still working throughout the pandemic. But I'm just curious, like, did that process become a bit easier for you, you know, having to work from home, having to really be more like with self and not running to the train, not going to get a coffee, not, you know what I mean? Like all the yeah. things that we were so accustomed to doing pre-pandemic. <laughs> um, working in the pandemic was, an eye-opening experience mm-hmm. I'm a I enjoy working from home mm-hmm. um I do because also I'm able to get in my eight hours of sleep <laughs> I also didn't realize my body is like girl we need these eight hours of sleep that's real <laughs> um, so it's also made, like I said it's made me listen to my body more because we're at home so like mm-hmm. you don't have the other outside distractions so it's like and that's it um but no it's so in the beginning, it was very stressful for me. Um, I was, like a lot of people were like, oh, you're working from home. It should be easier working from home. And I was like, actually, yes and no. 
because my job is very hands-on and we're dealing with moving parts, we had to adapt and adjust our processes for our customers in order to get stuff done. And even though the world's slowing down or whatever, like we still had stuff to get done. Mm-hmm. And because of other stuff that was going on that we had no control over, like it was throwing us for a loop. Like I said, we had to learn how to adjust and move swiftly and keep things running. And that did that did become very stressful for me in the beginning because also um I didn't have the proper management that was equipped mm. to also handle what was happening. So therefore I had to think for myself and I had, I became more independent mm. and working on processes that worked for me and also worked for my customers as well. Um, so it was kind of stressful in the beginning and I was getting, I let that frustration kind of take over. Mm. Whereas if any little thing happened in an email or something, or my manager said something or whatever, I would literally let that dictate my whole mood for the day. Mm. Like I'll be calling my mom and be like, mom, can you believe she just sent me this email? Can you believe, I don't know why she didn't know how to do this and that and da, da, da. And it became a point where, like, I was constantly speaking negativity Mm. in the air. And that would drag on for, like, the entire week. Wow. And not realizing how how much the negativity was draining out of me. Mm. I was always tired. I was always frustrated. And, like, we're at home, so, like, you can't really go anywhere. So I'm just, I was sitting in the frustration. Mm-hmm. and letting letting it kind of manifest even more because I I kept speaking on it wow. and then not only that like I was calling other people and when I was venting about it I was realizing that I'm also spreading negativity into their mind mm. and their heart not not maliciously doing right, it but yeah. I wasn't aware that I was spreading that negativity not knowing what that person had going on, like, cause I'm, I know with other people, I'm very big on energies or like if someone else is having a bad day and they come to me, da, 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 like they transfer that energy onto me. Mm-hmm. And I realized like one day I was like, I don't want to do that to other people. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't know what they got going on. I don't want to spread my negative energy to them. And also I'm tired of being in my own negative energy. Mm-hmm. So one day I had like a moment and I was just like, I had to be like, I don't care. Like I care about my job, but I'd be like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. And I had to separate myself from those work feelings where I'm like, okay, once that computer's closed for a day, that's it. Even though they're like, you know, I'm usually one, I don't bring my work home, but since mm-hmm. we're working from home, like it's always here. Mm-hmm. And so I had to be like, nope. Once it's six o'clock, that computer closes, you're done. You're not thinking about it anymore. And you're not going to talk about it anymore. And you're not going to let that manifest into your night, into your next day, into your sleep and all that stuff. And so once I kind of like 
learned how to do that, I realized my mood got a lot better. Like, I wasn't speaking negative energy into the air for the day. And I wasn't in that negative space anymore. Um, because I was like, I don't care. Mm. Like, it's not my problem. It's mm-hmm. not my company. It's not my problem. At the end of the day, I'm still getting my work done, but I'm not going to let this affect my entire mood for mm-hmm. the day. Like, I got other stuff I could do. I could, like, there's other stuff that can make me happy, and I'm not going to let this get the best of me. And so, um, yeah, I had to start doing that. And um, like I said, that really helped me like navigate through the rest of working from home. And there are times where like people, all, my friends know, I don't think anybody from my job gonna hear me. Anyway, my <laughs> friends know I hate my job, but I'm good at my job. Mm-hmm. And my my employers, they know I'm good. They've acknowledged that, which which was also very helpful too, which helped me lighten my negative mood when it came to work was because I realized that my efforts were starting to be appreciated by like my CEO and like higher ups and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I realized that my work wasn't going to waste. And I feel like all of that changed once I got out of that negative space about work mm. because because when you're in a, in a negative space during work you aren't going to be motivated to do the work you're just going to be like oh I'm gonna do it just because I said to do it but like I'm not really going to put as much effort into it mm-hmm. and once I got out of that negative headspace like I felt slightly motivated again and I was actually doing more work and because of that like I was doing taking extra steps to implement different like programs or whatever and charts and stuff to help organize stuff and that got recognized by my CEO and because I was putting in more of an effort my effort was seen Mm. and therefore that put me in a better spot um so yeah, I mean, I'm still oh working God. from home now. Um, I'm not stressing about it because, like I said, I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not my company. I always tell my coworkers, I was like, "This is not your company. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't care. Like, yes, you care because it reflects on you. But at the same time, like, this is not your company. Right, right. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so. Um, like I said, I try not to speak so negatively about my job anymore. Um, so, because the power of the tongue is very strong. Mm. And I've also learned that in other areas of my life, too. Where, like, you have to stop speaking negative about certain aspects of your life or it will continue to be negative. Mm. So if you don't have anything positive to say, just don't say nothing at all. And until there is something positive to say. That's and real. then 
you're speaking positivity into your life and the more it will manifest and the mm-hmm. more it will come that's real that's real so. well thank you so much for sharing that because I feel like a lot of people who are having to work from home I'm sure that probably resonated with someone 100% just having to be able to manage work life and emotions with your own life and emotions and now the spaces are all together mushed up together right so really having to put those boundaries in place like you say like when six o'clock hits like that's it it's over it's done you know and not allowing it to just because it can be so easy to just bleed into the rest of the night the evening and then before you know it's eight o'clock you know what I'm saying and and then it's just like this horrible horrible cycle but I, I agree with what you said just really having to to um put those boundaries up you know and mm-hmm. and be more present in your work so that way you can like you said you can get more done and that way when you are closing the laptop you feel good about what you've done you know what I mean and it's not like oh like I, I didn't really do as good as I did as I could have because like I didn't really want to do it like you know then that's a whole like guilt trip that you have after the fact which been there and done that because I was once at a mm-hmm. company where I was like that like I don't want to be here I do not care like why am I here like and then it's just like you know you're not giving it your all you know mm-hmm. and, and and then that kind of starts to mess with your head as well yeah because then you really don't be doing the work and then it comes time for that deadline and now you're like rushed and you're anxious trying to get mm-hmm. all this work done and mm-hmm. then you end up making mistakes in your work and you're like hi I know better than this I know better than this why am I working like how did I make that mistake and Mm -hmm. then that self-doubt gets into your head and now you on a whole trip down (laughs) a spiral staircase like down negativity lane (laughs) yes you're like wait so like how did I make that mistake I'm better than this Mm -hmm. but also like like what happens if I make more mistakes are they gonna fire me oh no like Am I able to do this job? Am I equipped? Like, I thought I was good enough for this job. Maybe I'm mm. not. Da, da, da. And you get something in your head. And then anytime somebody says anything to you, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm the worst person ever. They're going to fire me tomorrow. And then you're like, well, I can't get a new job. It's a pandemic. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, what is going to happen? Oh, How yeah. You'd be so deep in your oh, head. No. Am I going to have to move back home? I can't go live back home. <laughs> what oh my gosh where am I going in life and like mm-hmm. it just it well that's kind of how whole, my brain works. it's a whole trickle down effect like. <laughs> I just, you play out your whole life scenario <laughs> like oh my gosh I'm gonna be in love so <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you are mad I can't believe so before we start to kind of close down, close out, um, I am curious, um, I did want to bring this up, just, you know, everything that you've mentioned so far, is just, um, you know, having started therapy, especially that I feel like just tack- honing back on the, um, what you said about how um, you, in the past, your fear of commitment, right, kind of was, was 
manifesting itself in different aspects of your life in different relationships that you're that you're experiencing friendship romantic you know everything right it affects mm-hmm. all of it um so i'm curious just especially with everything that we've gone through with the pandemic like how has the dating process been for you since starting therapy since coming into these self-realizations and being more aware of how you operate and why you know like mm-hmm. how, how how have you grown from that process and for I guess in present tense present terms um let's see uh well like I said I'm more vocal about therapy Mm -hmm. um and dealing with romantic um relationships I also I'm 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 also open there too like I tell the guys I'm like yo I was in therapy the other year like I had to figure some things out for Mm -hmm. myself and um like I think one time I was like explaining it to this guy because there was a situation that happened with us and I was like a little frustrated and I told him I was like man if you met me a year ago we would not have this conversation because I would have been left (laughs) I would have been left and because that because like my patience is very short Mm. and like I said I've learned to extend grace to myself but I also have to extend grace to the the guys I date Mm. a little bit grace not too Mm -hmm. much you can't be running with my grace now you can't be running with my grace that's my um but no, like I'm very open and I tell, like I was telling the guy, I was like, you know, I was like, I was in therapy last year. And um, like I said, like the old me, like I would have been stopped talking to you because mm-hmm. like you didn't answer, like you weren't talking to me for two days. So I would have been like, bye, peace. Mm-hmm. But I had to, you know, like, yes, I was upset, but at the same time, it's like, okay, Ashley, this is your old habit. Let's try something new. Mm. Let's stay present. Let's go through this feeling, this journey. Let's see what happens after on the other side. Like, you're not going to see what happens on the other side if you leave. Mm-hmm. So um, I had to, like, as my therapist, but I had to sit still in the moment. I had to be uncomfortable. And I had to learn how to work through conflict because I am not good with working through conflict. I'd be like, bye, see you later. Best in life. Don't ever talk to me again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so with that, like I said, it's it has taught me, I've learned to deal with, I've learned to process my emotions. Mm. Whereas if I'm uncomfortable, I'm going to tell you I'm uncomfortable. I'm going to tell you, I didn't like the way you did this or that. This is how that made me feel. And this is why this made me feel like this from past traumas. Mm. And, you know, hopefully if they hear me, you know, if not, then we'll be having another conversation again. (laughs) But at the same time, I felt like, like I'm only gonna have a conversation with you about something like once or twice. Mm-hmm. After that, I feel as though you're just blatantly not listening to me. And 
I also learned like it's okay to be angry in in like a relationship like it's okay to feel angry because I feel like as women we're always taught like no it's okay it's fine like oh it doesn't bother me mm. no actually it did bother me that you didn't call me back from the other day because you was gonna call me because I had plans but mm-hmm. you know like we can't be as passive anymore like not saying you gotta go run up on him or anything <laughs> like just let him know like look I was angry and this is why I was angry and also like I'm like because I let guys know like you know I was in I was in therapy I'm still working on myself so Mm -hmm. don't mind me while I'm still working but at the same time this is new to me this whole feeling your emotions and stuff Mm -hmm. um so you know some guys are more patient with it some guys are more understanding and there are some guys are like I don't believe in therapy at all and I'd be like whoo you might want to (laughs) um but then also uh, one of my uh, one of my guy best friends he told me how him and his his now fiance they were in therapy they were in couples therapy like in the beginning of their relationship wow and he was like he really appreciated that because they learned each other's communication style mm. through that and he was like because they learned how to communicate properly early on they didn't run into as many issues later on and I think I was watching something or whatever I forgot what I was watching but it was like a lot of couples had they gone to therapy to like learn about themselves early on Mm -hmm. then they wouldn't necessarily need therapy after the problem like let's get ahead of the problem. Mm-hmm. It is a problem. Right. Pre- preventative so, therapy. <laughs> yes, preventative therapy. And like so I'm very big on communication. Like tell me how you feel. So mm-hmm. I'm not in the dark. Um, you know, all that stuff. And I mean, through the pandemic, I will say that relationship with that guy, it did not work out. He ghosted me. Mm-hmm. Um but through that experience even after being ghosted like after the fact like there are moments I would think of him or whatever and Mm -hmm. it also taught me like I felt more for him than I actually thought I did that I let myself believe I did Mm -hmm. like I was like oh I liked him or whatever but then like when you're in moments by yourself and you think and I like think of him I'm like well maybe I really really did like him and it's okay to feel those emotions it's okay because I'm like okay I was more vulnerable than I've ever been and that was a new thing for me and mm-hmm. so I felt proud of myself I'm like but I can't shoot that in somebody right right um so and I'm like even though you go to me I think back I'm like think back like you were happy during mm-hmm. that time like and just imagine because you went through that process you're able to feel those feelings like yes like you will get that happiness again Mm -hmm. if you you know continue to be open and go through the process like you thought that was like happy then like wait until the next thing like you're gonna be happier than you ever knew you Mm -hmm. could be Mm -hmm. she's gonna keep expanding (laughs) yeah and so I'm like okay even though that didn't work out like 
I'm in like I'm not dating anyone right now. I mean, I tried online dating for like a month. It did mm. not work for me. Yeah. I can't do it. Uh, they dudes online just want fuck. Sorry, <laughs> but that's that's it. And I wouldn't try to do that. Like it's COVID out here, for us. Like, <laughs> No, no. Okay, I heard that. Um, I don't want COVID or a baby. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's that. Um, <sighs> but like in this alone time. I'm like still processing I'm still processing my emotions from that last relationship mm-hmm. whereas I'm like going through I guess like the grief of that relationship mm. and I'm like it's okay to feel the grief and it is okay to be vulnerable and it was okay to be happy and to not close myself off from that mm-hmm. and keeping keeping the door open but not like wide open where anybody can come in right. but just like just keeping that door open and realizing like okay because I'm also in the space where I'm like okay I'm taking this break from dating like I'm processing that grief, those emotions, but also, okay, so what do I want to do next in my mm-hmm. relationship? Like my next relationship, what do I want to get out of it? And I have to learn how to be intentional. Whereas they always tell guys like, what are your intentions with me? What are your intentions with my daughter? Well, as women, what are our, what are our intentions? Mm-hmm. Like, I think about that. I'm like, okay, I say like, oh, I want a boyfriend. I don't know. Actually, I don't, I do want a boyfriend, but also I want a husband. Mm. Like mm-hmm. I want to have children one day. Like I want someone to be a father to my kids and also be my husband. Right. And at that same time, I'm asking for that stuff. I'm like, am I doing the work to get that? Like, are you, are you able to be a girlfriend? Are you able to be a wife? And by any means, those can be different definitions for mm-hmm. many different people. Mm-hmm. So make your own marriage, do whatever you want to do. But mm-hmm. Just know know yourself and know what you want. And because I'm, I'm always like, I'm not wasting my time and I don't want to waste your time. Yeah. So learning how to be more intentional has been very big for me. And with that, it's like, like I said, working through my emotions is going to help me with being more intentional. Because mm. I'm like, if I can't process my emotions now, how am I going to process my emotions in a marriage? <laughs> like, Oof, listen, cause, that's real. Because that's that's not just you. That's someone else's emotions too. Mm. So, and, you know, I'm not going to be out here like, okay, bye. I'll see you later. Like, this didn't work out. Da, da, da. Like, you I mean, you can do that in a marriage. <laughs> I wouldn't say to do that in a marriage. But, you know, and then also when you have kids and stuff, like, you know, you have to know how to be emotional in front of your kids as well. Like, mm. I grew up, I had two parents in my household and all that stuff, whatever. That was cool. But at the same time, I felt like my parents were also emotionally unavailable to me. Yeah, that, yeah. Therefore, I never really saw them like fight or argue I mean I'm sure they did but at the same time I never really saw them handle conflict 
therefore I did not learn how to handle conflict Mm -hmm. therefore I do not know how to handle conflict so just seeing that childhood like upbringing and see how it's manifested in me it's like I don't want to continue that cycle yeah so like I have to learn someday and that day is now yeah um so I can you know make myself a better person so I can receive what Mm. I want out of life so Mm. you know go into your relationships with the open mind be transparent something's bothering you talk about it I mean you know say what's on your mind when it's on your mind don't be afraid to Mm. like tell someone something like because when you hold stuff in that's also just hurting yourself like suppressing Mm. your own emotions and that the longer you internalize stuff the more it starts to take a physical toll on you and then you become sick and your body's like look girl do you want me to handle your immune system or your emotions like Mm. what what we trying to do like you can only do so much and like the older we get we have to start listening to our bodies. Like your body will tell you something's wrong the hard mm. way or the easy way. Yeah. So it's like, you know, start vocalizing, letting that trapped energy out. Um, mm. So yeah. Okay, that's, thank you, uh, Reverend Ashley, <laughs> for the sermon you gave us there at the end. <laughs> That's kind of what, what I've learned. <laughs> but yes. like I said, I'm even though I'm not in therapy now, um, I do want to find another therapist, mm-hmm. which is why I'm not in therapy anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I liked my therapist, but um, I also realized like there were some things I was wanting more out of therapy that I was not receiving, which therapy works different for everyone. So even though like I got some things out of it, which which I'm grateful for, but um, there were some times where I was just like, hey, I really just feel like I'm talking to my homegirl and I'm mm-hmm. not about to be paying you to be talking to my homegirl. So, like, <laughs> um, so I realized like I need, I need, I need another therapist that's going to be like more challenging. Mm-hmm, a little bit more depth. Me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I hope to get back into therapy by the end of the year and you know do some more self-discovery yeah yeah and whatnot like well, so you never know what you're capable of until you go through it absolutely that's what I was gonna say you got you got a nice on, starting point so on far on the other end mm-hmm. yes well, thank so. you so much for this interview I'm again like I said I'm so glad we we're able to sit down and talk and um yeah, we this always was, have talks like I know, so insightful. <laughs> and I definitely am stepping away with a word or two or three, especially there at the end. I'm so I was like, mm, mm, I'm just gonna see. Mm, wow. <sighs> thank you, sis. Well, thank you for having me. I hope this, you know, helps somebody out oh, 100%, there. 100%, um, 100%. I said, this is will. my first time ever doing a podcast, but I was like, I was a little nervous. You but, did amazing. You know, I feel like all of our conversations are usually like this. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Yeah, they, they really are. 
Do you want to leave any any last words or thoughts with the people? You can share your social medias. You can share your your um. I don't know if you have Instagram yet for your for your business. Um, I'm still working on the Instagram for my business. Okay. Um, so I will not put that out there yet. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, uh, I would give you my Instagram, but I feel bad because like I'm on Instagram, but not on Instagram. I don't be posting that much, <laughs> and I'm private. So like, I'm like, if I don't know you, <laughs> well, no, not not to say like not to say like that, but um, uh, yeah, sure, I will give people my personal Instagram so you know um that way when I do launch my business one they can have all that information too there you go Uh, definitely so my personal Instagram is Ashley underscore Simone that's Ashley A-S-H-L-E-A don't forget the A not the Y it's the A (laughs) Um, underscore Simone S-Y-M-O-N-E and yeah you should be able to find me awesome and i'll also um i will link your ig in the show notes here so that way people can also just do a quick little click and okay it'll take you right there to your page so thank you again so much and i'll I'll give you my um you can also put my twitter handle i'm more oh yeah go for it so oh right now (laughs) well um, yeah is is, is it the same as your ig no i haven't been on twitter in so long girl (laughs) it's different um it's what is my um it is i think it's like fashion crazed um hold on i feel so horrible (laughs) i'm I'm pulling this stuff now so i can see it oh my dad left me a voicemail yeah i haven't been on twitter um, in so long i thought about it i was like mm, what if i should make a twitter for her on the cusp wellness no i mm. you should maybe i stay on twitter um oh yeah so it's fashion underscore underscore craze so s a s h i o n underscore craze c r a z d Oh, no E. So ZD, y'all. No E. Mm-hmm. I just be switching up the letters and all. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. So I'll be sure to, to link that as well so they can get you either on Twitter or IG. Awesome. Thank you. Thank well, thank you. you. Thank you so much. And glad yeah. I could be a part of this. Oh, I know we've 100. been talking about this. We have. We have. So it was only a matter of time. Yeah. And I'd actually, I'd love to have you back. Once you launch your your polish collection, oh, excuse me, your lacquer yeah. collection, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. no, sure thing, sure mm-hmm. thing, yeah, because I'd love to just um go through that Talk process with that. you, yeah, mm-hmm. like the whole launching process, the late, like you said, the stickers, the labels, like the packaging, like all of that. That'll be really fun. That'll be really mm-hmm. fun. So we'll, we'll we'll keep you all posted on uh, Ashley Part Two. <laughs> <laughs> The future yes, business yes. mogul. <laughs> yes, everyone out there, you know, be sure to take a moment, smell the flowers, and mm. you know, sit still in that moment and hold on to it. Mm, I love that. So. Yes, thank you so much for that, love. Enjoy the rest of your evening, and we'll be in touch. You do the same. I'm gonna go make you some dinner. <laughs> <laughs>
Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe and leave a rating or a review. Now, don't forget, I'm picking the best review at the end of the month and giving that person a free 30-minute energy reading. So be sure to leave a review for the chance to be selected.